This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 8, Episode 40. The Scoop is officially middle-aged this season. Next week, it'll be over the hill. We're all getting old. That joke didn't land whatsoever kyle looks just ticked ah. off at me i'm john DeCarlo, back with you for another episode kyle gauss is back with us this week ramir vaughn javon edmonds declan landis not with us johnny zwizlak is back caden Steele's back these guys are, are i don't know if you guys are coming off your draft high right you're still on it we still got tonight, so I think we're still kind of on it. I think we're going to be ready, but it was yeah. it was a little tiring for four hours, but you know it was well worth it. Yeah, yeah. once you get into it, you don't really think about it. What's going on, Kyle? Uh, yeah, draft. Good day of drafting. I thought for sure the Eagles were going to trade back entirely because I stayed up to watch the thirtieth pick. So I thought <laughs> I was just going to jinx it and it'd be like, bam, trade back. I'm like, cool, I could have gone to bed. Yeah, we were saying just before we started recording. Of course, we're a little biased because I'm WHIP's advisor, but WHIP did its annual draft show from South House in South Philly. I had never heard of that place until you guys started doing shows down there. Yeah, so yeah. good for you. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's owned by Temple of Lump, so, you know. Yeah. It's near, okay. Kyle, it's near, it's near, <laughs> it's near like Johnny Chang's. I yeah, I, I Googled it and I was like, oh, yeah, I would have gone there once or twice when I lived down there, but yeah. 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 Well, then I am sponsored by by many different rival South Philadelphia bars. So unfortunately, I could not attend. Those guys did a. You guys did a great job last night with the with the draft show. I don't think there was a single prospect that came up that uh, that you guys weren't prepared to talk about. So uh, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Anyway, speaking of draft, hopefully next week or the week after, we'll be able to talk to our friend Fran Duffy, uh, who works for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, draft analyst, podcaster. Um, I forget what his official title is. He does a bunch of different stuff there, but uh, really good with X's nose. And uh, we'll talk to him about his temple story as we do around this time every year. He's a former uh, video director, got his start under Al Golden. And then he'll be talking to us about uh, all the temple connections there, all the various temple connections on the coaching staff, not just with Sean Desai and DJ Elliott, who would have thought that Tyler Yelk would End up, uh, end up with the Eagles. Who am I think? I'm forgetting two other guys: Tabor Johnson and who else? Ronell Williams. Yes. Um, who was a GA at Temple, right? Yeah, and Sean Desai, obviously. Sean. Yeah, I said Desai, right? Did you? I don't listen. I, to yeah. I think there's a fourth. <laughs> Sean Desai. Ronell Nobody else Will- heard that. Williams, <laughs> um, DJ Elliott, and and yeah, the Power Elk. I think are the four. And then of course Hassan Reddick and and Sean Bradley. So we'll have a lot to talk about whether that is next week or the week after. So uh, you guys can look forward to that as well. Again, the scoop is brought to you guys and all of you as listeners who we value very much by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you have been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was somebody else's fault, the insurance company will not be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation you deserve. We only get paid if we win in Pennsylvania or New York. Call us today, 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. 
famous while we're shouting out our yes. uh lawyer sponsors you know i just have to say rest in peace to jerry springer you know that, you know <laughs> growing up one. on that guy you know yeah. they just you know first the fat boys break up now what the fat boys broke up did you say good, the fat good boys bit, john i'm glad you understand this i'm glad you understood the joke i, I really am was well, no, that didn't. joke or he like didn't, he didn't understand? You it. didn't understand. I, I don't think he got broke up John, years ago. You, yeah, John, you're like way older than me. You know that's like a, a thing. First, fat boys break up, and now whatever the hell is going on. Oh you know, like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. All right, all right. Yes, yeah, I remember that now. I remember that now. No, Disappointed no. in you, John. Disappointed. <laughs> Half one uh, over my head. <laughs> my my childhood dentist used to have on when you walked in the back, it'd be like a patent for something, a patent for something, and then a photo of him, the Jerry Springer audience. Like from like 1991, he just like g- genuinely enjoyed Jerry Springer. I was like, oh, hmm. mayor Who of what? You know? Mayor of what city? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Career politician before entering reality television. I feel like we'd have more of a uh, accepting society if people didn't act like Jerry Springer was too trashy TV for them. You know? Devon, he used to have like episodes. He used to have episodes where he put rival gangs on the same stage and had them beat each other up. <laughs> Like, you said, like, you know, the mob like, would come up and beat the KKK. Like, it was all this, like, it was a bunch of factors. You know, he just, <laughs> he, he exposed you to a lot of things that's going on in the sheltered world, you know, and, and. So it's good education. Good education. Springer was an educational program. There we go. What a start. That's what you want to call it. What a start. <laughs> Johnny, you're a big Jerry Springer guy, right? Mm. Loves him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's caught flat footed so. on that. No, I was very, I call it very flat footed. Donnie, remember when you had never heard of the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I'm never going to live that down, am I? Nor should he hated you. that movie. I yeah, yeah I wasn't the, I, for the hype that it was given. It was not that good of a movie. They let you down, John. It did. Like it was a, like I, it was I, a I recent phenomenon. I, I went into it expecting some 10 out of 10 Christmas movie the way that John was explaining it. And I, I gave, I, what did I give it? Like a six point. In your mind, what, what is a 10 out of 10 Christmas movie? Home Alone, one or two. Either either of them are tens for me. Home Alone 2 is a 10. I, think, I, I love Boston, New York. I, was, I, don't, I don't dislike I don't Boston, New York. I don't, no, I don't either. Yeah. I don't dislike it. I just don't know if it's a 10. I don't know. I, 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 I there was, uh, I think the the traps, like the whole, like all that again, like him being in the apartment and like the, the like the, I love that part of it. The pigeon lady. Loved yes, it all. the pigeon lady was good. She's I, thought, I thought it was a ten. I feel like six year old Johnny, you know, like kidnappers are trying to break into his house and take him. He could. <laughs> oh, go he's gone. <laughs> he's taken. Oh, he's come on. No, Kyle, you're, you're, me, you're the daughter in the beginning of Taken, and then the rest of us have to <laughs> no. niece in you back from your Eastern European traffic. Come on, you come on in, guys. You want some... Liam. I left cookies for Santa, but you guys can have them. You can ask Liam, who is my roommate. I'm very good at, like, hiding and, like, Catching people by surprise. Where is that going? Whatever like, I'm so saying, much. like, like if someone was trying to break into my house, like I could catch them off guard and I could like surprise them with traps and stuff. Yeah, Johnny just got too much mischievous youthfulness to him to like not be able to survive. I could survive that. I I know I could survive the Home Alone scenario. What's your strategy? <laughs> I think you're too nice. What? 
I, I don't know if we have enough time to divulge my entire they would, strategy. They would break into your apartment and they would say, we stumbled upon this kid who is imitating a Phillies pitcher. This is too weird for us. We should leave. <laughs> you know who else has a strategy right now? I swear to God, I forgot about that until there's this moment. And we're going to we're going to dig into that at some point. John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that? I forgot about the you pretend that you're pitching every pitch thing or whatever. Oh, the hell you're oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dig into that at some point. Yeah, we will. Um, preferably when I am able to bill you at the same rate that like a psychologist <laughs> would for breaking that down. <laughs> you know what else we have to break down, Kyle? Simple basketball. What a we segue! Do, we got number forties first. We have we got a we got a that would have been a tremendous tremendous segue if we didn't skip over. 40s, I think I got some. Then good we'll go 40s, back to so. it. <laughs> Gale Sayers. Yeah. Gale Sayers. Um, early two thousand, early two thousands, big that Shaq hated. Oh, hold Sean, on, number Sean one. Kemp. Udonis Haslam, by the way. Udonis Haslam was going to be my good. next one. No, Sean Kemp is um, not who I thought of. No, I don't even know if he wore forty. It's just a guess. You said an early 2000s big. You got him. You got it. Wasn't it Udonis Haslam or no? No. No, no, no. He didn't beat Udonis. He played with Udonis. Yeah. Um, dang. Let's see. I know Tyrone. Didn't Tyrone Hill wear 40 once upon a time? Also, I'll say this is not the number he was famous for, but this is the number he came up on. Okay. Um. Yeah, give me some tips. 52 is the number that he's famous for. Uh, okay. Kings Pacers. Uh, Rick Smith, Brad Miller, Brad Miller, oh. Brad Miller. This is Ofish, okay. Ofish, uh, big. Who was it? Was okay. It was like a, t- a twelve and ten guy that Shaq just hated because yeah. he would just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, he hated Brad Miller. He hated Big Country. He hated Derek Coleman. Rick Derek Smith Coleman hated problems. Peyton yeah. uh, <laughs> getting problems. Yeah, wasn't Peyton Hillis forty? Yes. Was he forty on the man yeah, cover? Yeah, he was 40. That was entirely a fan vote, if I recall correctly. They were like, who should be the next Madden guy? And people were just like, mm, fullback. Oh, Mike Allstott. An average fullback? Mike Allstott, 40. Mike Allstott, yeah. Go fullback yeah, number. Um, nope, never mind. I'm wrong. Go ahead. Was at a blackjack table once with Mike Allstott in St. Kitts at my friend's wedding? Randomly the one casino in St. Kitts. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple, like... Not famous ones, but I know uh, recent memory, Simone Muziati for the Phillies. He wore 40 last year. And Aaron Altair coming up in the, out of the Phillies oh, <laughs> team. I, I, again, I'm a big Phillies guy. I know I know these guys. See, we need deep dives like that because they get on me when I remember these Olympic basketball numbers. You, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah real quick. Talk, let's take a step back. Olympic basketball numbers. Great. Perfectly valid. Yeah, 40th I, guy I, on a 40-man roster that nobody gives a shit no, about. No, <laughs> no. Aaron Altair, Aaron Altair was That's, very Altair good. Is not my, Altair is not what I'm rubbing my eyes. Simone Wiziotti was a key piece in the Phillies NL, NL championship run. He was a key he, piece. Was he the bat boy? Was, was that the no, number he was? No, he wasn't the bat boy. He played. He played like 60 games last year. We're moving on. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. I think the Sixers had this Ophi guy named Kurt Nymphius in their like late 80s thump and bump teams who wore number 40. I think it was him or Bob Thornton. I think it was Kurt Nymphius. Oh, Bill Beer. Oh, that's a good one. Did he wear number 40? Or yeah, was he 44? Or you, I don't know. Moore was 44. Moore was 44. You're right. I don't know. 
Muziati played nine games last year. <laughs> nine it was not nine, nine games no seven at bats. No nine way. games seven at bats. You're trying to tell me he was this oh, cheap. No. Johnny, that's less oh, than no. six. He also had zero postseason appearances. For way longer. Oh, no, zero. no, I knew he didn't play in, no. Johnny. I knew he didn't play in the postseason. He packed you up, Johnny. His OPS <laughs> his OPS of 393. <laughs> What was that one? His, his OPS was 393. I was laughing at Ramirez. That's a good OPS. You up, Johnny. <laughs> that, it's an OPS, okay. it's an OPS plus of 16. <laughs> it does feel like 60 in baseball. Yeah, so it felt like 60 games, but in reality, it was not. Ooh. We might have to go ahead and send this to Johnny's bosses down there at CBC, see if they want to do with this information. I wanna, I'll, be, I'll be fine. I want to <laughs> take like 40% of this intro and just bury it and we move on. We bury the film and we just keep going. Bury the film. <laughs> Javon, is it too late to resurface your segue or do we just move on from that? Um, it's lost. It was lost, right? I, I think it might be lost. Yes, you know? lost. Well, but what is not lost is our vision and determination to deliver quality content. To our, to our band. I like the first the first segment. Hey, you tried. At least you tried to get us back on track. So anyway, yes. Speaking of Temple basketball, uh, we've got some audio for you today from uh Javon's conversation with Jaleel White. Some interesting stuff there. Part of my interview with Bobby Jordan, Temple's uh one of Temple's newest assistant coaches on Adam Fisher's staff. So um Al Scoop subscribers did get the latest update last week on on several of Temple's recruiting priorities. We know by now that one of them is off the board, despite uh, hosting him for an official visit and paying him a visit. Temple was not able to land St. John's transfer Dylan at a Wusu who committed to Seton Hall this week. And then last week, uh, we broke the news. So it was last week, a couple of weeks ago, that Temple was recruiting Australian guard Will Johnston, played last season at UT Rio Grande Valley. He's originally... Uh, from Sydney, Australia. You can read my story about him and listen to that full interview if you're an Al Scoop subscriber. He took an official visit to Temple from uh, this past Sunday to Tuesday, and now he's on the West Coast. Uh, he put out on his Instagram that he's down to Temple, Loyal, and Marymount, Oregon State. Posted that. So, uh, again, if you're just catching up on him, averaged uh, 14.5 points and shot nearly 44% from three this season. So, again, if Temple does get him, they'll be landing another shooter. But, again... That recruitment is far from over, so we'll see what happens there. So, again, if you stay locked in and subscribe to our basketball board and stay subscribed to the site, you'll continue to get the latest recruiting updates there. There are a couple other players that we had updates on uh, who reported on there who are still priorities for Temple on the portal, so we'll keep you updated over there. But as I mentioned, if we shift things back to the current roster, we got some audio for you here. One clip, again, from Javon's interview with Jaleel White and then a longer clip from my interview with Bobby Jordan. So starting with Jaleel, you know, again, we we know that he certainly did not have the season he wanted to have, averaged a little under six points a game, shot 0 for 21 from three this year. Not that he was a great three-point shooter to begin with, but he could occasionally knock down a corner three here and there, and he just uh, – and you'll hear uh, if you uh, – eventually Javon's either going to have this story for us or the Inquirer still fleshing some of that stuff out, but just kind of lost his confidence, as you could see, but – He's still going to be a valuable piece for Adam Fisher and his staff, especially defensively when you consider he's 6'7", 205. If you're a Temple fan, you know the story by now. They underachieved. They had NCAA tournament aspirations, and it didn't happen. Aaron McKee is now gone after four seasons. And this first clip that you're going to hear here is Jaleel White talking about his reaction to Aaron McKee 
leaving the program as its head coach after after four seasons. And then right after that, he talks about meeting Adam Fisher for the first time and why he decided to stay. Oh, man, that, hurt. that honestly hurt me. I remember they called us in for a meeting, and, like, no one knew what was really going on. Like, I'm, like, looking around, like, what's about to happen? And then the athletic director comes in, and I'm like, okay, I kind of get what's about to happen. So he said it, it was like, like, my heart kind of dropped because, like, McKee, he was the one that recruited me from Wally Catholic, and, like, it was before he was in the head coach, he was recruiting me, like, here, like, to play under him as head coach. It was like, that was really my guy, and that hurt me, honestly. It, when when you heard Fisher was the one to get the job, you know, what did you think of him on first impression? Uh, When I heard that he got the job, everyone was telling me how much of a good guy he is. Like, I mean, they used to tell me, like, I'm in good hands and all this other stuff. So when I finally got to meet him, it was kind of like what I expected, like a very positive and just like a good guy. So like my first impression meeting was like, okay, like maybe this guy can really bring the best out of me and instill this confidence that I used to have in me. So like, yeah, that was my first impression. Like he's just like a great guy, positive guy. Right, it's kind of interesting. Obviously you can see the human aspect or hear the human aspect of it about you know, just the sadness that existed, him talking about the Air McKee being the guy that recruited him and being sad to see him go. Also interesting to hear him say when he talked about Adam Fisher, he instilled confidence that I used to have in me, which I thought was kind of kind of interesting. And again, not that we're, you know, breaking a ton of news there, but he, he took a step back statistically shooting the ball and was just I just thought it was kind of interesting to hear him say that. And then we'll go into this clip for you here when Javon asked him what was it about this season? Just what happened? Why didn't you guys get to the tournament? And I think this is a really interesting answer. I feel like the expectation that we the expectation that we had weighing on us going into the season because of our roster, it it played I don't know. It it kinda had us like we, we weren't really playing free. We weren't really playing for each other. I feel like we weren't the team and I don't think we had the connection that we should have had to be in the tournament. Like, you look at a roster, obviously, yeah, we had a great roster, but it takes more than just a bunch of good players. It takes a connection. It takes a family. It takes trust, respect. I feel like that's some of the stuff that we might have been missing. But, like, it takes relationships with the coaching staff, trust from them. Just, like, it's a lot of stuff that plays in it. There's a lot of stuff that plays into it that that's more than just having a bunch of good players. So, that's how I feel about that. So if we listen to this and, and Jaleel White is saying it takes trust, it takes respect, you know, yeah, we'd be we'd be kind of idiots to expect him to say anything less than, yeah, it didn't work out. Not that we expect them to say good things about the season. They fell short of expectations. But, Javon, what was your reaction when he said that? Again, we we heard hints of it, you know, Zach Hicks looked frustrated throughout the season in certain press conferences. Heiser Miller did. We've talked about that, but that was some pretty brutal and refreshing honesty there out of Jaleel White. Yeah, uh, and I've said on this pod a few times to hear something like that from Zach Hicks and Heiser Miller, arguably the two most quiet guys on the team, was damning itself. And then Jaleel White, who Maybe he's the third quietest guy on the team and definitely one of the most laid back. And every time you talk to him, he's more upbeat than anything to, to hear that from him. And he's basically saying, didn't feel like a family environment. 
didn't play for each other. You know, respect just wasn't where it needed to be. To hear all of those things, it says chemistry was absolutely a problem last year for Temple. And I'm I'm glad he said it takes more than a roster to be a successful basketball team. You can't just plug and play and drop pieces in. We see it fail at the professional level all the time. And, and I'm glad Shannon Sharp said it on Fox Sports the other day. You see it at Kentucky all the time. All these NBA players, all this star talent, how many rings do they have in, in the Calipari era? It takes more than just some names and, and some good players to win. You need some chemistry, relationships, some guys who know their roles, are willing to accept it, embrace it, and excel in their roles. Um, and clearly, that wasn't Temple last season. Public flare-ups between Caleb Battle and Aaron McKee. Uh, guys not seeming disappointed at all when Battle was no longer with the team. You got the Hicks and Hysir Miller press conference uh, after. I've got to stop forgetting what game that was. But either way, we all looked at each other after that one. Like, this is not good. So it confirms more of that, to say the least. And you just hope Adam Fisher can foster a better environment over his four years at Temple, assuming he, you know, makes it the four years. As I mentioned before, I had the chance to talk to Bobby Jordan earlier this week, about a half hour. I talked to him for about a half hour over at the team's facility before they left for a recruiting trip. Uh, Again, Al Scoop subscribers will get access to that full interview about his life, how he got into coaching, a lot of good stuff there. The part of the interview that we're going to play for you here, maybe the back end of it is Bobby talking about his approach to recruiting and, um, some insight into the current roster. So we'll play this portion of the interview uh, for you here and then react to it on the other side. You've had this reputation when your name comes up. Um, I know you said you want to be known as a coach too, and obviously you wouldn't have gotten this far if you couldn't coach, but Bobby Jordan, he's a relentless recruiter, a tireless recruiter. Might sound like a simple question, but how did you build that up? What's the secret to being to establishing that reputation and connecting with kids because you've not that the guys at the Kentuckys of the world don't have to work hard, but you have to grind a little bit extra more when you are at Drexel, when you are at, at Wagner in these places and at Albany. How did you get that reputation? How did you become a good recruiter? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is relationships. Um, and we kind of touched on my background early on. And, you know, I started working at Hoop Group when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Kennedy gave me the opportunity that he didn't give to anybody else, a college kid out there coaching teams. Um, was also able to coach AAU at the time. Uh, I actually just saw one of my former players was down at the EYBL, Rocking Christmas, that played at Syracuse. Yeah. He was probably the first major player that I coached. And, you know, he was actually 15 years old and I was 18 and I was coaching him. So I feel like I've been doing this a long time, but I'm still like young enough that, you know, I kind of understand the ins and outs of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. being around this for 18 years already, it's gone by really fast, but it's allowed me to develop these relationships over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the key, you know, and, and you got to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to treat people the right way. You know, you got to be upfront with them. And I think people respect that. That's what I've always tried to do, whether it's for bad or good. Sometimes it's going to hurt you. And a lot of the times it's going to help you, though, in the end. It's a different world that you got into when you first got into the game. You have the portal to deal with. You have NIL to deal with your extra people that want to have a say and you're getting a little bit of everything now as you guys kind of like reassemble this roster what's the same what's different about recruiting now yeah i think you got to adapt to everything obviously nio and you know the transfer portal are kind of brand new in recruiting i think you have to embrace it mm-hmm. you know you have to attack it and you just got to embrace it you can't get frustrated mm-hmm. you're going to win some you're going to lose some mm-hmm. i mean that's going to happen all over 
you know that happens in life that happens in recruiting that happens during the season and you just got to embrace it you got to just keep working mm-hmm. um, you know you see guys right now coming into the NBA they're coming from all over they're not just coming from blue blood programs and no more mm-hmm. power five conferences they're coming from all over and you know that's that's an extension of coaches you mm-hmm. know working hard and recruiting and getting guys that are able to play at that level mm-hmm. and you know, that's all it is right now. It's kind of just embracing it, not getting frustrated, still doing what you need to do in order to be successful. One guy we can talk about, obviously, you guys are still recruiting. You're, you're looking at guys in the portal we can't talk about until they sign. One guy that has signed, Matteo Piccarelli, I would imagine you had a heavy hand in that, and you, you saw him up close when you were at Albany. Tell me how that came together. Was he a guy that you kind of had in your mind as soon as you got the job here, and were you talking to Fish beforehand and saying, like, this guy can shoot the hell out of the ball. I think he can play at this level. Yeah, I kind of noticed him. You know, I did our scout versus UMBC both times this year, and, uh, you know, I kind of knew how Penn State played this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they had Fonk, a local kid who could really shoot the ball, could really come off certain screens and get it off and and that's kind of a lost art now it's kind of a lost art in basketball and just knowing him and seeing how he moved not necessarily how he shot the ball but just how he moves to get get his shots off i think was big many guys can stand there and just catch and shoot but can they actually run off screens um can they come off dribble handoffs to really get the shot off and that's really what stood out about him Uh, another thing was kind of just who he is as a person you know he graduated in three years from umbc you know really wanted to go into get an MBA after that it's one of the reasons why he left actually you know he wanted to stay but you know he they wasn't afforded the opportunity to get an MBA at UMBC so that's key too I think in the transfer portal is not only do you got to bring in good players but you got to bring in good people how much did you see from too because I mean it sounds kind of trite and cliche but the American is like it it is a big physical conference with some bigger guards like I know Houston's leaving to go to the Big 12 but night in and night out rosters can differ of course but it is it's a, it's a physical conference i guess you might you guys must have seen that and say hey he can come off screens he can create his own shot when he needs to he's not a guy like you said just a catch and shoot guy that that could easily get shut down if things aren't going his way yeah i think his international background was kind of key in that um you know the fiba game is very physical mm-hmm. you know and he's a tough kid you know he's somebody that we tried you know at albany we wanted to push him off screens we want to really kind of make sure he couldn't get him off and you know he wound up scoring 24 on us the second time around so that was one thing I saw was his level of toughness you know he'll kind of he's kind of a silent killer as I like to say like you know he's a nice kid you know he's very polite but when he's on the floor he's looking to get 20 20 plus what's the process like when when you and Fish and Chris and, and Michael Huger and the staff are sitting down how do you What's the process like when you're vouching for a kid saying, like, I think this kid's a fit here, and then maybe you debate that for a while. What's that like? I mean, obviously you can't give us your whole recruiting bar, but, like, if you could take fans inside that process, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, I think there's certain, like, aspects of somebody's game that you look for when you're putting together a roster. It's almost like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Pieces have to fit together. You know, you can't have too many guys that all do the same thing. You know, you got to have different guys that have different specialties or have different strengths. And then also, like I talked about with Mateo, you have to look at their character, who they are with people. You know, you need to talk to their academic advisor. You need to talk to their strength coach. Um, who are they off the court? It's a little bit like the NBA now in terms of, you know, the transfer portal is, you know, a lot of these guys, you got to do background checks on. You got to get intel on them um, because some people are leaving for the right reasons and some people are leaving for the wrong reasons. You know, so I think we have to do a good job of that, of really getting to know who these guys really are before they step on campus here. We, we can watch film and we might have coached against them and we can see who they are on the court when they're playing. But 
who are they the other 22 hours of the day? I think that's really important to know. What was the vibe like when you were down in Atlanta this past weekend? When you, you're down there wearing a temple tee, what, what's the, the reception been like when you're down there or you're just making calls and stuff? Like it seems like there's been a certain level of excitement. What's it like to be on the other end of that? Yeah, I mean, it's a very humbling experience, you know, just no, just being in this business for so long and, you know, seeing so many people I know on the recruiting trail and just, you know, how happy they were for me kind of just because they know how important Philadelphia is to me and everybody's kind of known that for a long time. Um, you know, so I was really humbled by everyone's, you know, congratulations. And that that was the biggest thing for me. It was kind of being able to see how happy people were. Seeing Bruiser, he was down there, how proud he was. Just that, you know, I was able to get here to Temple. And, you know, it's it's really all because of him mm-hmm. in a way. He, he got me started. And, you know, just thank him for everything that he's done for me. How much has he meant to you? I mean, like, I know him a little bit. Uh, and he's... To me, I've said to people, I feel like he could go anywhere and recruit anybody in any area of the world. He just connects. He's funny as hell, but he's a really, really good basketball coach. What has he meant to your life? Yeah, I mean, he's been the biggest influence on me in terms of coaching. You know, like I said, he he took a chance on me when I was 18 years old coming out of Roman, you know, to join his program at Drexel. Like, I could have went, like we talked about earlier, I could have went and played somewhere else. Actually, Mike Rhodes, who's now the coach at Penn State, he recruited me really hard mm-hmm. uh, when he was at Randolph-Macon at the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, I always joke with him that, you know, I guess I chose the right one when I went mm-hmm. with Bruiser instead yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was – you know, just his level of commitment to me. Uh-huh. You know, like I said, I scored two points for him in his career. Uh-huh. You know, there's no reason for him to, you know, help me out at all. Uh-huh. I really didn't help him win many games in his uh-huh. career uh, from a playing standpoint. Uh, but, you know, he really got me started, really put me in front of the right people, allowed me to, to work, allowed me to do what I needed to do in the summer and kind of be away from the team and, you know, kind of get my foot in the door when. Most people don't get that start. They really don't start that until they're like 24, 25 years yeah. old. You know, I was already pretty much six, seven years ahead of everybody in that regard, and that and that really helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So look at the current roster. You guys have obviously lost a lot of guys in the portal. One guy you have been able to bring back so far is Hysir Miller. How important was that? And then when you look at, if you're catching up on watching film from the last couple of years, where do you see him fitting in? And what's still, is there still untapped growth for him? Yeah, I mean, I've known Fabe ever since he was at Newman Goretti. We joke all the time about we got a little Roman-Newman rivalry now. You know, I think it was really important to get him back. You know, I think, like Coach has talked about, building a a fence around Philadelphia and we're really recruiting here and hitting it hard. Zion Stanford coming in, you know, is a big deal as well. I I think guys from the Catholic League, when they have success in that league multiple years, they're going to have success in college. Mm -hmm. You know, Fabe is going to need to take the next step in that regard. What is the next step for him? Is it finishing better around the rim? Like sometimes it looked like he got himself into trouble and he picked up his dribble. And it was interesting because he always struck me as a confident player. His shot has evolved. But is that like kind of the next step for him, being more decisive around the rim in yeah, those moments? Yeah, play, playing with ultimate confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to f- finish around the rim a little bit better. Like you said, he has got great touch. Mm-hmm. He's got great touch on floaters, um, on layups, and just staying confident with it. And, you know, staying confident with his outside shot. I mean, watch him at Newman. They run a lot of dribble drive stuff where he got open looks. He knocked them down and continue to continue to evolve that. Uh, I think that's the next step for him. You know, I, I've seen his leadership. You know, I've seen how he interacts with the guys, and he's the type of guy you want in your program. You mentioned Zion Stanford. Um, obviously, he's got a 
to come here or get acclimated to practices and the whole vibe. But what what, it, what do you guys like about him? Obviously, Aaron recruited him, but you have to connect with Chris. Why can he be successful here? Yeah, I just think his size, um, his versatility. You know, he's one of those guys that's like a mismatch problem on the court. You know, he can play on the wing. He can guard a four. You know, at times he can even guard a five. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of the biggest thing for him that I think will allow him to have success. Obviously, we don't have time to go down like the whole roster, but a guy that – Especially, I mean, it's, this might be easy to say from the outside. If you end up bringing in not smaller guards, but a guy where you do have some length, and he's had issues with his shoulders, obviously, a guy like Jaleel White, how important will he be for you guys on the defensive end? And I feel like he kind of almost lost. He's never been a great shooter, but two seasons ago, he was knocking down the occasional corner three. Mm -hmm. Kind of lost that confidence last year. How important is it to get him kind of feeling that again, and how important does he or how versatile could it be for you guys, just with his size and length? Yeah, I mean, since we've been working out, I've, I've definitely seen his versatility. Um, I've been really impressed by him. I've only actually saw him play once in college, in high school, I'm sorry, when he was at Wildwood Catholic. And, you know, I didn't know that he had this level of versatility with mm -hmm. him, um, just in terms of his game and what he can do. Um, you know, I, I think what you said in terms of confidence, mm -hmm. um, that's big for him with his jump shot. You know, he, he can knock it down. He can knock it down, and, you know, that's our job to, to keep him confident, to keep him in the gym, to keep him working on it. That would be a heavy emphasis for him in the off season this year. And, you know, I believe that, you know, he can guard really one through five mm -hmm. on the court. He can play one through five, and he a little bit like we talked about earlier, just with his versatility, he's a mismatch problem. The couple guys that sat out this year, the red-shirted Tosh Tweet, and Deuce Roberts, guys that could potentially be important for you guys next year, depending on how the roster goes. Um, again, I know you're catching up on everything. Deuce was kind of like a, a late ad, you know, in the last class. Uh, I've talked to Chris a little bit about him. I know you've only been around him a little bit. What could Deuce and Taj mean for the roster next year? Yeah, a little bit more about versatility. We talked about their size and versatility has kind of stood out to me, um, you know, since we've been working out. Uh, Taj has had great energy. So far in the spring when I've been on the court for him, he's an unbelievable athlete. You know, so I can I think he can affect the game in different ways. You know, at the guard position on the wing, like I said, Deuce has great length. Mm -hmm. um, he could be a great, you know, lockdown defender. He can put the ball on the floor, uh, can hit the open jump shot. You know, so I think just a little bit like we talked about with everybody, developing these guys through the offseason, uh, building their confidence up. Mm -hmm. Guys that maybe didn't see as much time last year, now you got to build their confidence up. What's something that people wouldn't know? About I mean, basketball, it's like it is. It's it's a grind. Uh, it's been a huge part of your life. Again, people know you as a guy that's bounced around. You've made some sacrifices. You've moved. You're a good recruiter. But what's something that people wouldn't know about Bobby Jordan? Or maybe, you know, I, I like to say to people, you get the same questions from reporters yeah. like me all the time. What's something that you don't get the chance to talk about that you wish you'd get asked about more? Something <laughs> that people wouldn't know about you? I'm a big Jersey Shore guy. I love North Wildwood. You can find me there in the summer if we're not doing what we need to do here. I'll probably be in North Wildwood or Ocean City. I prefer North Wildwood. Don't tell my wife that. She'll probably listen to this. She's more of an Ocean City person. But that's person. okay. Her family lives in Ocean City. Mine lives in North Wildwood. But we they love North Wildwood, Are you too. commuting? Are you staying out in Wildwood right now? No, 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 no. My, my uh, mom and dad live in Cherry Hill. So okay. I'm staying with them right now. So I think, you know, if you listen to, if you take some things out of that, if you're a Temple fan, I mean, Bobby's always been known as the people who you know, know of him around here in the area he keeps, you know, having, uh, or I guess, you know, maintaining this, this reputation as a relentless recruiter. And when he talks about, you know, the challenges, when I asked him about, you know, what's different now about recruiting and instead of kind of bemoaning NIL and the portal, he, you know, he said, you have to, you have to embrace it. 
you can't you, you can't ignore it, can't complain about it or resist it. You have to embrace it. You have to adapt, which is if you're a Temple fan, that's what you want to hear. Overcoming some of those challenges is another thing altogether. And we'll get into that in the mailbag. But, you know, it does sound like for now, you know, Adam Fisher surrounded himself with a staff of guys that know what they need to do and know that the landscape is is drastically different now. So let's get into the mailbag again over these past several weeks. You guys have really kind of been uh, in part setting the agenda for us and asking us about, you know, some of the topics that are going to get discussed regardless. And this first one, segueing into that, most of these are from Scoop subscribers from our message boards. we got one from Twitter. And then, of course, later on to, to round things out, we've got the question from Pat Egan from 97.5 The Fanatic on the John Kincaid Morning Show for you that we'll have fun with. First one comes from Detroit Al. What can Arthur Johnson do to make us more competitive in NIL? I've got something for that. Yeah. I mean, you just, and the you just answer to, to it. Yeah. The answer to it is going to be audio clips and it won't be from Arthur. Cause you can, you can read my inquiry story. If you want to hear what he said, I talked to Seth Goldblum of the tough fund and I, I'll let up. You want to listen to it, but yeah, it, it, it comes down to alumni ownership. There's not much more uh, left for the administration. I don't like they, they, they can pump out some more advertisements and, make it more stressed on social media and all this good jazz of, hey, donate to uh, the Owl Exchange and the Tough Fund and all this good jazz. But at the end of the day, it comes down to fans and alumni donating. It, it's, it's that simple. You don't, don't go on the face, Facebook fan groups and on Twitter and, and the metaverse and all that good jazz complaining if you're not doing anything to fix the problem. Solutions are better than complaints. Javon, do you know, do you know why St. Joe's was able to hold on to Eric Reynolds and – Everybody, they all their guys that kind of prosper sure, this year. I'm sure you have an answer for because they have a full time chief of staff whose job it is to solicit fundraising for NIL. He's paid for that by St. Joe's. Okay. For I understand that like you're probably hearing because like you talk to Arthur and you're hearing these things. He there the Temple administration's response to the NIL has been embarrassing. Period. There's been no call to action until recently when it's like a two line sentence at the end of every newsletter saying we need to support the tough fund there needs to be a call to action anybody that's taken a public speaking class 101 knows that you end the presentation by telling the audience what they need what their next steps are whether that's to read this thing or blah blah blah. like temple fan base is so glacial in the way it moves and it's been like that forever it needs the prodding and the direct hey, we need X amount to retain our roster every year. You guys need to provide it. Does the money need to come from the fans and all that? Absolutely. But the administration and Arthur Johnson, who for better or for worse, is the face of that athletic administration, can do a lot more when it comes to actually setting Temple up for a position. And I, I don't think they need to do anything revolutionary to like exceed, to excel. They need to just do what the bare minimum that other universities that they're supposedly higher up than are already doing, like St. Joe's. I agree adding a position of, of a fundraiser. I, I will give you that. But still, after that, it still comes down to the fans and alumni coming out of their pocket. Sure. But what about, like, who decides uh, the percentage of money that goes to the Owl Club versus the Tough Fund, the administration? Whether that's directly by saying, okay, we're going to do, like, a 50-50 split between the Tough Fund and the Owl Club's, like, donations. We're going to do a one-stream-in, two-streams-out thing. Or it's equally promoting, lifting them up. I think they're still kind of viewing it as, well, the Owl Club and the T-Fund or whatever the heck they have over there, it should be the number one priority. And then LAL gets the trickle-down. And I think there just needs to be a readjustment of 
all of that in today's landscape of college athletics. I can get with you on that one. I can get with you on that because there does feel one month the Owl Exchange and the Owl Club mm-hmm. mean more, and then the next month the Tough One means more. I'll get with you on that. I don't care if it's the Tough One. It can be some new collective that, like, the athletic director. As long as it's a yeah. collective. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't give I'm a, with you. Yeah. So, but I think uh, I think there are still a lot to be done in that. It does seem like Arthur Johnson, the athletic department, at least is like aware of, hey, this isn't going away, and this is something we need to wrap our arms around. But I have yet to see any arm wrapping. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So read that story, and then here's the piece of audio for you. If I'm being brutally honest, the thing that I am most disappointed in are the temple is the temple alumni community itself. Um. Uh, lack of interest and support at a broader level amongst Temple alums has been really disappointing. I get that, um, you know, Philadelphia is a professional sports town. And I get that for many years, our flagship program in men's basketball has maybe not had the results that we'd all want. What alums need to understand is that the only chance we have to compete going forward is through NIL efforts, and it's our chance to actually get involved and make a difference. And I've been really disappointed in conversations that I've had with uh, various alums, various friends of the program. And um, they are not willing to step up and to help support the effort. That's been more troubling to me than, um, you know, the university maybe being a little slow in their response to the collective. I tell everyone, Javon, and I'm happy to be on the record with this, that, look, Andy and Chris and I, who, um, you know, started the tough time, we get nothing financially out of this, right? We don't get paid. Uh, this is fully voluntary. We have no financial interest in the success of the Tough Fund. Our only interest is to support the athletic programs and the student-athletes at Temple University. And it's frustrating because I don't think we as a fan base at Temple understand that this is actually our chance to have an impact. So this is our chance to do something about the frustration we've had with not having the success on the court or on the field or, um, you know, in any venue that an athletic uh, event is played. And I just see too many of us sitting on the sidelines saying, well, we're not any good, so... Why should I participate versus, hey, this is our chance to make a difference. And it's it's been a big frustration from my perspective. All right. The next mailbag question here is from the screen name GL and PA. <laughs> Looking ahead seven months, while Scoop have in-person coverage of Temple at the holiday tournament in Hawaii, who will draw the short straw? I'll go back. It's been, <laughs> I'll go back. It's been six <laughs> years. I'll go back. It's been Did six you years since you've gone. I was going to say, we've never taken an owl scoop. No, 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 no. But it's been six years since I've been to Hawaii, so I will go back for that. It I flew back from Hawaii the day the Carson went towards ACL. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So, so Kyle, you're the reason the Eagles went through that despair. I'm the reason the Eagles won mm-hmm. Super Bowl then. 
<laughs> there you are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, will, I will hold that badge. I'll carry that badge. Odds are not happening. Like it comes down to both, not just the fans, the Al Scoop administration, <laughs> and will determine whether or not we have in person <laughs> coverage. John DeCarlo has been asleep at the wheel for too long. <laughs> <laughs> what if we said we just send Johnny there in this Hawaiian shirt? He's like, guys, I'm I'm into it. I, I've got my Hawaiian shirt on in LA, and he shows up and he's like in too much like Hawaii character. And I can see Johnny it. comes back, tries to teach everyone the haka. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like that'd be a fun time. A fun time. It is yeah. pretty hard to have a bad time in Hawaii. I think well, the, fir- John, the John, first John, half of uh forgetting Sarah Marshall, he would disagree. He has a bad time at first. Good point. That movie yeah. sucks. What? 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 <laughs> I don't think that's a good one. I don't, I just, I don't like Russell Brand. And... Russell Brand's like the seventh character in that movie. Like and He's funny as hell anyway. He's, he's so stupid. He's... You hate him that much, Katie. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just a stupid character. <laughs> what did Russell Brand ever Russell do to you? Funny, and I kind of don't need to see him. He's just a stupid character in every single movie. Yeah. Like, I can't think of like one good Russell Brand movie. But the, that, the that, soured the, nah. that soured the taste <laughs> in your mouth so much that like the entire movie sucks. I just don't think it's that good of a movie in the first place. And Russell Brand just makes it worse. I'll back, I'll back Caden up. I'll back his opinion. Coming up next week on the scoop, Russell Brand goes at Caden. Hold on, let's put let's put John and Johnny on the spot since Johnny. I'm 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 going to place like minus two fifty odds on him being a, a sports Saturday at the Temple News next year, and uh, I know about that travel budget. DeCarlo, are you sending the DeCarlo. temple news? <laughs> Mr. Zimwislak here. Yeah, because I'm I'm Johnny's agent right now. Are you sending the temple news, Johnny Zimwislak, and all those good folks to Hawaii for that tournament? Right we here on the spot. Oh. Do not know what our budget's going to be for the next fiscal year, and Ooh. that's the God's honest truth. So we'll see. Unequivocally, no, though, it. is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, my yeah. client will see you at the negotiating table. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny, you guys can drive. And find that oh yeah that specific yeah. bridge yeah, that will take you five times for Declan to get a milkshake on the way. There's cargo ships. Look, things have to get on and off the island. You guys can be part of it. You'll be there next to <laughs> yeah. bananas and Samsung TVs coming, find their way from the mainland. Johnny on a cargo ship. <laughs> so, so oh, Johnny, man. what we're going to do? We're not going to show up to OTAs. Okay, and we're going to hold out from training camp until All we right. make some progress on this. And I. Okay. Like, I got oh, 40 I more guys down 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 hungry, hungrier people. That have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. You're going to pull a Le'Veon Bell and then your career's going to be over. Oh. <laughs> Next question here from the screen name Temple fan. Al, what school should Temple schedule a home and home series against either basketball or football? I like this question. I do too. Bramir, we'll start with you. Start with the kids. I, I don't know if I qualify as the kids, but... Um, I mean, compared to these two, we still we're very old. We're very old. I, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. You want it realistically or a dream? I was, I want to say like ones that are like sort of pipe dreamish, but like are realistic. So I'm not saying like Alabama's not doing a home and home right in football, but like yeah, relatively attainable. Give me one for each. One for football. Yeah. Go around the horn. One for football. One for basketball. Come back to me. I'll go. Uh, football. I think attainable, but. I'd like to see like Temple versus Pittsburgh for football. I think that'll be fun. I do too. Like, that was going to be mine. Temple yep. Pitt, Billy Pittsburgh, and I guess for basketball, that's tougher. I think maybe like Temple. I think Temple Rutgers is fun. I mean, I already know they played Rutgers, but you have that. I think that's a close, you know, rivalry that could develop. That's outside of the American Athletic. Javon. Um. Okay, so football. I I got this from Ray Dunn last year. 
if you're going to play a bye game against the FCS school every year, that FCS school might as well be Villanova, maybe Penn. There are two FCS programs. I don't know if that, you want to play Ivy League school, but play, play you Villanova. You can't play FCS Penn. You, like a win over okay. Penn, a win over Penn doesn't count towards bowl eligibility because they're non-scholarship, I believe. That's yeah, good, good information. That's, that's so, yeah. why you can't. That's why you can't play like yeah, some of those. Because even with to rewind a little bit, the reason they could play Bucknell was even though Bucknell plays in like a non-scholarship conference, I might be confusing Bucknell and Fordham. They give scholarships, so like yeah, if, if less than fifty percent of the maximum scholarships aren't given, they don't count towards bowl eligibility. Wait, what did why okay. I should know this? What was what what were they calling the 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 short lived football rivalry with Nova? The Mayor's Cup. That That's Mayor's right. Cup the Mayor's Cup. The Mayor's yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so bring the Mayor's Cup back for football. Just get us better access to players after the game. Oh my god. <laughs> that story I was to throw back. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then for basketball, I might take Caden's answer of football and take Pitt for basketball. Like hmm. just something local and regional, either a yeah. Pitt, a, a Rutgers, a Seton Hall, St. John, Syracuse, Maryland, Georgetown, you know, something yeah. like that. I think I've covered Temple playing every one of those teams in basketball. Yeah, Syracuse, Maryland, Georgetown. Yeah, yeah, Q's, Georgetown, Maryland. Those were all under Dumpf. Seton Hall has played a couple times. Seton Hall. It came to the Leacore Center once, I believe. It came to the Leacore Center, and then I remember there was a trip up there where they played them where it snowed, right? Yeah, I don't think I went there for that. Pitt, I'd like for football. What do you? What do you? What would you want here, Kyle? You're skipping Johnny. He's physically not oh, in the. I can't. The I, 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 I yet. can't show your I'm here. <laughs> yeah, John. I've got what, one last one. I got one last one. What's that? For the for the for the spirit of Coach Cheney, whichever team Calipari's on. I thought you were going to say Lincoln Washington. or something. Like, <laughs> you know, or Cheney. Play, yeah, Cheney. Play, yeah, play Calipari. Not even just this. Not even the school. Just play Calipari. Once they were like great friends by the time that Coach Cheney. Yeah. No, no, yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. John reminds me of that all the time. But that video just always be all the time. I think I've talked to you about that like once. (laughs) You make it sound like, did I tell you this one before? (laughs) There's been like three or four times I mentioned Calipari. You're like, yeah, you know, him and Chaney, they they wound up being cool. Like, yeah, I know. But that video is still going to be top five. So I just want Calipari and Temple to have beef for eternity. That's what what we're missing in sports. That's why I'm happy about the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. We're going to get two rivalries. And and I'm about to see some ejections or else I'm not going to be a happy camper. Johnny, what do you think? Um, I know for basketball, I don't know how realistic it is, but I think Penn State would be fun now that Adam Fisher's here. I feel like that could be a fun home and home for basketball, mm-hmm. like him going up against his old school he played against. And football, I was leaning towards Pitt, like Caden said. I feel like that'd be a fun one. Um, that was kind of my football. Them or maybe like a Maryland or something. I don't know how realistic that is either, though. What about West Virginia for football? Caden. Don't be stealing answers. You already gave yours. <laughs> My answer was going to you know be West what? Virginia. <laughs> while, really? we're ta- while we're talking about Adam Fisher, I got another one for basketball. You got him and Hugo on the staff. Might as well play Miami. Yeah, very yeah. sure. good one. So I. Uh, my my logic with both football and basketball, but primarily football, is like it needs to be a localish school that like you have. There's alums in the area. West Virginia mm-hmm. has a lot of alums in the Philadelphia area. I would throw like Syracuse in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a school they used to play more. That like yeah, it'd be cool to see them again. Basketball, 
keeping it sort of regional, but striking while the iron's hot, get UConn in here. Yeah. Get the national champs in for a home and home. Yeah. You used to play them a lot. Play them again. Yeah. It's, it's been a couple of years since they've come down. Mm-hmm. I was thinking UConn for going. hoops, UConn for hoops, Pitt for football. And uh, the other, I mean, the other benefit of playing a game like that is you get them at the right time, depending on what each, which roster we're talking about football or basketball. Let's say you, let's say you go out to, you go out to Heinz field the first season and you, you catch them at the right time and you beat them. Am I saying that like, you know, half the kids who play in the big 33 game are all of a sudden going to commit to temple. No, but it's a, it's a nice feather in your cap. Hey, come, come to temple. We show your age with that comment. (laughs) None of the top prospects really play in the big 33. I know. I know. But just, just let it go. Optimistic, John. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I'm, I'm saying like it gives you, it puts a little feather in your cap. You can say, Hey, we can compete with Pitt. We can, you know, you can try to recruit off of that. Maybe it gives you a little bit of momentum. Same thing with UConn. Although, I mean, I think if, Temple played UConn in basketball next year. I don't know how that won't end too well, but stranger things have happened. But what'd you say? Forty ball. That's how it ended. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. Forty. Yeah. Um, they'd win by forty. No, they <laughs> lose by <laughs> <that> on it. <laughs> I'd love to see. I don't know if I'm in just like an early '90s move for basketball too. Uh, have Temple take a a crack at uh a, take a crack at Michigan or UCLA something like that. Be fun. Another scoop, forty ball. Keep going. <laughs> scoop trip to Westwood. I think. I mean, all these teams. Temple, I'd be down. Temple, ha- Temple has seven scholarship players. Right. right. They lose to all these teams by forty. Yes. So, <laughs> we're allowed yes. To, to close your eyes and imagine brighter days. The next question from the Hick. Just a just. A, oh, I ain't go. No, and, oh, wait, you, you ain't ever come back. Hi, <laughs> you hydrogen. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, that's I forgot. Crazy. Okay. That's crazy. All right. Are you ready now? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basketball. I was thinking. Um. Maryland and for football, I was thinking solely money reasons. Play an ACC school, play like um Virginia, Virginia Tech, or maybe even UNC. I mean, if you're gonna go yeah. money, you just keep renewing the Penn State deal, and yeah. you get you keep you keep doing so. the two for ones or three for ones with Penn State because that one that you get is enough to buoy your. your Last time they played tennis. UNC, didn't end well. Sam Howell had his field yeah. day. He had his ways. Okay. Saw them I remember not back. not to throw him under the bus because like it wasn't throwing the bus whatsoever. But like I remember Sam Cohn being like, "Yeah, we're on your way down there." Like, what are you guys' prediction? I was like, "They're gonna lose by 40. And He's like, "Really? You don't think they stand a chance?" I was like, "Oh, Sam, my sweet <laughs> summer child." Like, no, they're gonna get destroyed <laughs> by Sam. I, I was kind of with Sam on that one too. Watched that game with my granddad. I'm sure I've told the story before, and he's just like, and this is his words, not mine. I still have my journalistic objectivity. It's like, damn, Javon, I thought y'all were good. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the bowl game, I don't know what to tell you. Virginia no, I'm not going to cool. talk to them. For football, it'd be fun. Play Nebraska. Bring yeah. that back. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. If Jeff was still at Georgia Tech, I'd say them too. But you know. Jeff was making the rounds recently. Came to campus about a few weeks ago. So, yeah. Play Notre Dame, get Al Golden back. Al, would you want to talk in the pro game press? Happy to, John. Yeah. A uh, couple things here. A couple uh Couple shout outs I want to give, and then I'll open it up to you guys for questions. Al would have an agenda. Can always can use I say one more time. Can I say one more time? 40 ball, Notre Dame would not be a great matchup at all. There aren't really too many good yeah, matchups. What are we talking, talking about here? <laughs> like, about, talking also, about I've seen Temple almost beat Notre Dame. So, like, yeah, never know. I hear you, but like, Will Hayes had just taken the right angle on that. What could have mm-hmm. been anyway. 
They would have uh, still lost to you. Who'd they lose to right after that? Uh, USF. USF. Yeah. So right after that, they had that 60 40 game where they literally beat SMU 60 to 40. I remember Rule going into it saying, I'm really concerned about that game. That was like the Jagger Gardner kickoff return. Uh, did he have a kickoff return in like a 96 yard touchdown run? He went that was the SMU. Yeah, SMU. Yeah. yeah. And then they lost to USF either like the week after or something like that. Was that Quentin Flowers? Quentin Flowers and uh, I believe so. And and Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Yeah. Yeah. The Hick again, longtime subscriber. Usually, the Hick usually directs questions as if we have the coaches right on the show. But this week, he's just emoting, and his question is, "What the hell is going on?" Referring to the I got the answer. That- what, what, what the hell is going on is Declan Landis thinks he can show up late for work, and yeah, will be fine. okay. okay. Sit behind the window. Sit behind the window. Sit behind the window. We both we all know it's not true. Kyle, I have no idea what you're saying. I behind the window. I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> He's saying behind the window. Behind you're done. The window? You're done. I got enough voices on this like, podcast. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're out of here. Anyway, the Hick oh, wants to know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah. Adam Fisher needs a win on the recruiting trail. I don't know what to tell you, the Hick, but yeah, that's what's it's, going on. It's, from like my kind of outside perspective, I think a lot of it's still like feeling out like the landscape like i think this is probably something that like a lot of first year coaches go through where maybe their eyes are a little bigger than their stomachs what the the program stomach can handle um i don't i think dylan adewusu i don't think was ever like i understand they came close to getting him but like in my mind's mind I'm like that kid's never ending up in temple like he's they're not choosing he's not choosing temple over seton hall and Pitt starts sniffing around and west virginia starts sniffing around like he's gonna end up at one of those power five schools I think this is something that you just wait a couple months. And if we're in July and they're like, oh, crap, they still have five open scholarships or they took those five open scholarships and gave them to really fringe guys, then you really start to worry until then. Like, I understand people just live and die with the highs and the lows. And I completely agree. Needs a win. Piccarelli was two weeks ago and that wasn't a needle mover. Uh, they absolutely need to win one of these battles sooner than later. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, long, long season. But also, you know, look, the, the portal's not done, right? They got two more days of people entering the portal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so plenty you of know, chaos. If, if they're stuck at seven by July, you know, I, I'll, I'll apply to grad school and, and, you know, take one of them scholarships. I, I, can, I can be a player coach for you. I'll just like guess spot up that you've done there. something in the last four years or taken some benefit in the last four years that would prevent you from being like eligible in the NCAA. At some point, it'll be like, Al Scoop like paid for this and be like, mm, can't do that. <laughs> you can't be given that away. They'll let these kids sign for six-figure NIL deals, and you'll get like you'll lose eligibility over like John buying you an eight-dollar something at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because yeah. John yeah. bought, bought a few lunches. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, never mind. Those so are illicit benefits. Over. Sorry to have ruined your future, John. Yeah, you ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> to you, I was fan. Two thousand four has an interesting question for us. Yeah, the best best well, way to eat an egg transition. scrambled. <laughs> Best way to eat an egg, scrambled omelet, sunny side up, over easy or poached. Declan Landis cannot eat eggs. If he does, he'll, he'll his throat will close up, right? He'll die. He'll croak over. He'll kill yeah. over. If I have eggs? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. It's it's not good. Yeah. Best way to eat an egg. <laughs> over easy. I want to start with Ramir. Ramir is the the resident nutritionist. Do, you, do we, yes. Ramir, do we eat eggs in the Al Scoop family? Are they good? <laughs> are they bad? Do we go egg whites? Yes, egg whites? Eggs. Always eat eggs. Eggs are an excellent source of protein. But if you want the same amount of protein but less calories, you eat egg whites. Yep. But what do you do? You go with an egg white omelet? No, 
I usually just always right. scramble it. I, so, I don't have time to do anything else. So other than an omelet, the preparation doesn't impact the nutrition of the egg, John. It doesn't matter if it's over easy or <laughs> no. I'm saying egg white. Does he does he go with an egg white omelet versus a full egg omelet with the sure. yolk, in it, which has more cholesterol? But the question is, of these six options, which are the best? Which is the I best? mean, the best way is you know you go to IHOP on Sunday morning, you get your big steak omelet with with a short stack of New York cheese pancakes or or Trace leches or the whoa 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 whoa. Oh. We're, we're ignoring the core the question the question is yes. what's the best breakfast food it's how do you eat your egg <laughs> or, or when you're home you get you a, a, a thing of turkey ham from the grocery store i'm done i'm done with javon's just like javon's just like are you trying to say eggs go with other things you know? i'm just saying like no, that's a good no, omelet. i'm focused what is focus, the guys, egg focus. <laughs> best way to eat an egg if you got it sunny side up over easy or poached if it's by itself and over easy I'm on board. Over Maybe here. over medium. Scrambled. I'm with Johnny. Yeah, I think I'm a scrambled. Scrambled could guy. be like too mushy. I nah, try to do over, right. I try to do over easy and it ends up being scrambled because eventually I say, screw it, this is scrambled. Poached yeah. eggs are the biggest lie that, that has been told to us in a long time. Not because they're anything like great. People act like they're impossible to make. You just spin the damn water and it poaches itself. Done. Mm-hmm. But no. Mm-hmm. Over easy. Yeah. With hot sauce. <laughs> Javon and Rami are signing off. A couple more mailbag questions here to get to. One from Twitter. Off the hook three is the is the Twitter handle. Number one, do you think a Temple player will be drafted? Talking football. And number two, as of now, who are the starters on the offensive line, the defensive line? Do we think a Temple Temple player will be drafted? Nope. Uh, no. No. Or Kyle, go I think no. you're making a face. No, no. no t- I, I I would bet no. But if I had to, it wouldn't. If it wouldn't completely surprise me, like blow my mind, if somebody was like, let's take a late seventh rounder on the big Swedish guy that's six eight and three hundred and forty pounds. Like I could see some team just being like, yeah, yeah. let's roll the dice on Isaac Moore. But like, yeah, no, I, I I would bet no. I I honestly think again, I could see somebody taking a flyer on Isaac Moore. Or Adam Klein, based on his versatility, I know that that people get excited about forty times, and and Barbone, Jose Barbone, ran a four four seven forty, but at six feet, one hundred eighty one pounds, if it weight adjusted, that puts him into like the fifteenth percentile. It's not right. great. I think he'll. I hope he'll, for his sake, I hope he gets a shot with the team. But. I'll say this: of him, Adonicus, Adam Klein, Isaac Moore, I bet you one of them makes a camp, like makes it out of a camp, out of as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I could see it. Exactly. Like, I roster? Yeah, I bet you one of them makes a roster. I've seen it a dozen times. Right? Like, I saw Keith Kirkwood go from like this exact scenario. He's too slow. Granted, he's a little bigger. Who he what just about Chris? Him. What about Chris Myrick of all people? Yeah, Chris Myrick's like a four-year pro now. He was a walk on a temple and never got a scholarship. Yeah, or maybe he has <laughs> a touchdown. Yeah, he has a touchdown. I like Klein has a shot. Who has a cl- Klein? Yeah, versatility is there. Yeah, all... I can win a few positions. That helps you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Barbone could. I think he at least could sign as UDFA. I don't know if he makes a roster, but maybe enough oh, speed to. Keep, I think all four of them will. Squad. I think all four of them will get an undrafted free agent spot because they just kind of hand those out like candy at this point. Um, but whether or not they I, survive. Second Does question. Isaac's athleticism hurt them? I'm sorry. You're Does saying lack thereof. You mean lack thereof? Yeah, I don't think he's like a great athlete though for his size, like. He didn't like move well at the pro down. I don't know if that knocks him. I know he's already in the USFL. I don't know if he's uh, maybe that knocks him a little bit. He's not like six eight, and he's like a crazy athlete. Oh sure, like, sure. If he was six eight and a crazy athlete, then he'd be a, a 
second day pick, right? Like a first day yeah. pick. So yeah. yeah, I mean, he definitely has his warts and I think that's probably his wart, but he's a guy that has a lot of experience at left tackle exclusively during his time in college. And he has the size of, for use the cliche, you know, he can't teach size. So I can see somebody maybe taking a shot at him. If I had a top coach. 25 yeah. list, if I had a top 25 temple all-time interviews, I think he's, he's in my top 25 or in the also receiving votes category. He's a tremendous yeah. interview. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's on the, as of now, who are the starters on the offensive line and defensive line coming out of spring ball? Hmm. If we talk um, offensive line, Chris Weezyham would be sitting here just saying five stakes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, whatever. It's not like, I'm not going to say left tackle, left guard, center. I think for offensive line, it's probably some combination of Diego uh, Barajas, uh, Wiz, uh, James Famineau, Stoffel, and Rich Rodriguez is what I would think. I had, I had written down Melvin Ciani might be in there. Melvin Ciani, take, they, they take a flyer on, this is my, again, this is a real, Sort of guess again, knowing that he's moved guys around, and he really obviously had to move guys around a lot last year because of injuries. My my educated guess at this point would be a young Melvin Ciani at left tackle, Famenu. Which real quick, if Chris Weezy has shown anything, he's done that twice before at Temple. Started a true freshman at left tackle, yep. so like yeah. he's not opposed to it. Melvin Ciani at left tackle, Famenu at left guard, Rodriguez, Rich Rodriguez at center, Diego Barajas at right guard, and then Victor Stolfo at right tackle. Wiz, they seem. Again, we we talked about not putting a whole lot of emphasis on the spring game, and and most of the starters didn't play. I, you kind of get the vibe that they're starting to come around on Wiz a little bit more, that he's gotten a little bit better. I mean, he's if he doesn't start, he's in their rotation. I think he's the most experienced guy they got, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then uh, we don't know if Bryce Holman's gotten any better, if he's kind of just reached what he can do or not do. Jermaine Donaldson does a does a. I mean, they're they're behind the eight ball and that they didn't have the benefit of spring ball or like, does a, a kid like Narek King come in at guard and really impress in preseason camp or a kid like Kevin Terry at a Clearwater central Catholic. I mean, that's basically what we're looking at again, as Kyle has noted, they could still, you know, guys could still come in and out of the portal at some point, you know, they're still, they're still obviously keeping their eye on transfer portal. Off yeah. I mean, we, we keep so. retweeting transfer, offensive linemen that are getting offers, right? So I think they would still want to bring in one or two guys there. Caden, who's your starting offensive line? I think it's similar to Kyle's. I think we're at Stoffel. I think Diego Barajas for right now, maybe they bring in some competition for him, whether it's, you know, one of the freshmen stepping up or whether it's adding, you know, someone through the portal like Linda Hudson the second. I don't know if that's, you know, where they're going or someone like that. They give him some competition, a guy who's been a starter before. Guessing Richard Rodriguez at center and Corshi and Famine at guard. Unless a guy like Jackson Pruitt steps up and maybe, you know, brings some competition, maybe he could beat out someone. So those are like the six names I'm figuring. But I think it'll be most of the guys from last year and then uh, I guess a new left tackle on Diego Barras. What about what about the defensive line? Hmm. Demac Morris, I think, is yeah, an obvious one. I think he's the main one. Outside of him, I don't think they've really replaced that Darian Varner role. I mean, I know you're getting late and back, but he's more of an you know, outside linebacker at Joshua. Yeah. I don't know if they have someone up there at the, like that three tech that can move around. I really don't know. I mean, Jacob Porter flashed at the spring game. I don't know if he's a starter. I mean, I don't want to put that out there, but he looked good, but it was just the spring game. But he could you know, maybe earn snaps, at least as a rotational guy. Just having a hard time coming up with you know, who could be those guys. I think, Jaqu- I think Jaquavian Mahone still probably has a shot. Um I actually know kind of 
started coming on a little bit towards the end of the year that might finally have a shot. Lance Nateray. Yeah. Might finally get his whack mm-hmm. out there. Um, I'll be curious if the scheme, I know they keep saying, well, the scheme's the scheme, and that's why we brought in Everett Withers, and we want to keep things the same. I'll be curious if the defensive line looks a little bit different um, now that DJ is with the Eagles. Because, yeah, I mean, it's also like, do you consider Leighton Jordan a defensive lineman because he puts his hand in the dirt sometimes, even though he's like a rush offensive outside linebacker? Like, I'll be curious. Yeah, some was- of the transfers come in. Alan Hay from mm-hmm. Miami. Was he mm-hmm. crack his way? Mm-hmm. I think they have more despite losing like arguably like their second best defensive player, I feel like they might have a little more depth there than they did in the past. So we'll see. Last couple questions here. Berkshire Al are high school players being under recruited with all the players in the portal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I still yeah, think that I, I still think the, I still think the, the good ones, like even in, in Philly, you know, the Justin Edwards and Robert Wrights of the world are still going to, they're going to be seen. If you're good, you're good. But sure, it absolutely. Again, I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts. When when the head coach at Duke, when John Shire says we're going to recruit more in the portal and less high school kids, I think people were like, "Whoa, all right, that's that's Duke saying that." So yeah, absolutely. And you know, now you're starting to see. I think one of the many ways you're seeing it is like, I mean, I think even Temple's shown some interest in a couple of D two kids in the portal, right? It's like, okay, how did not, not a ton, but every once in a while you see like a, a low major or an occasional D2 kids, like how did this yeah. kid end up there? You know? So yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one of the ripples. Yeah. And to all that being said, I completely, for a school like Temple, especially I can, I completely understand the hesitancy to recruit these high school kids, because mm-hmm. even if you find a kid that you're like, Hey, this is a, what if RJ Louis, uh, Lewis, Louis had come here last year, mm-hmm. has the same year he had at UMass, he's gone. Like and it's free just, agency. This is free agency. He's gonna he'll get 250 grand from another school. So I kind of understand why they're like, look, let's at least, especially if you're Adam Fisher and you can't go 0 and 31 and you need to at least like be respectable your first year. I can see why they're putting all their eggs in the transfer portal for those guys that can't leave really and instant impact. But mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm a 17 year old basketball player, I'm not. If I get an actual offer from a program that I like, I'm probably not sitting on it that long mm-hmm. because it's gonna be gone soon. Right. We'll have some fun with this one to close out the pod for this week. Again, it's from our good friend Pat Egan from the John Kincaid show on 97.5 The Fanatic. And then Pat also has his own show on the weekends with Andrew Salchunas. Two questions here. Pat always has his two-parters. Number one, this one is directed at Johnny Zwizlak. I've got to know how one becomes a bat boy for a major league team. It's your time to shine, Uh, buddy. Don't screw up. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Uh, it's really, it's really not that complicated or not that interesting. It's one of those things where my uncle's brother is the accountant for my boss, and to get it to get into a clubhouse, you kind of need a good recommendation. I, I could see your brain ticking. It's my Un- aunt's uncle's- husband. It's my aunt's husband. So, so your so uncle biological, his wife's brother. No. My, so it's my mom's sister's husband's brother, but I felt like saying okay. uncle's brother was simpler or more simple. So, and he, and so what happened was my, my boss was at winter meetings with his accountant, my uncle's brother, and said that he was looking for a new bat boy. The other one moved on to another job and he was asking for a recommendation and my uh, uncle's brother, I'll just 
call him Dennis, that because that's his name, Dennis said. <laughs> well, call him. Oh, I have in air quotes, Dennis, because that's his name. <laughs> that's his. No, I I wasn't doing. I wasn't trying to do air quotes. I didn't mean to do. Air no, quotes. I know, but I, you were like, we'll call him Dennis. <laughs> yes, because I feel I, because I, I don't that's feel his like name, so it's not an alias. Father. It's just really his name. <laughs> it's just a, yes, but um, we'll call Kyle. Like, oh my gosh. Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, he, go ahead. he was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like my, he he see more sees me as a nephew. So he's like, "Oh, my nephew is a huge Phillies fan. Like this would be a dream job for him. He's a hard worker. Like I I I, I couldn't rec him, recommend him anymore. I, I couldn't recommend him more." And kind of from there, my boss called me and he was like, "Do you want the job?" And I said, "Yes." And then I was given a background check, and then I got the job. So to answer, there was no the, like the answer to the question, Pat. Like most nepotism. things, nepotism. Yes, yeah. how you get this job. <laughs> connections. That's all about nepotism. Did you have to do really like unique. a? Did you have to do like a? Hey, like you're just you know, just really you know, it's just us checking some boxes. This is really all just like whatever. Like, but like do some sprints or something. Like, did they put you through like anything? Like, it's literally just like they nope. never met you. They just saw your name and check yeah that's our interesting see my that's... question was going to be did your uncle mention that you were a former cross-country star? i'm sure i'm sure that Ooh. was mentioned that i did run when i was in high school and then i yeah you didn't just run you were a cross-country just... star he just called you a star i kind of i kind of was Kyle. check his uh what's was. that called what's the, the max preps is there a max prep let's see what here. was the what, no, spring... mile split. file split is the big website wait what high school again Spring forward. Spring forward. Is that Go a Pac ten? Does the Pac ten still exist? Yes. Okay. It's it's more like the Pac fifteen now, but yeah, they still call it. Ooh, you were in a mile of four thirty one. Yes. Yeah, look at you. I was I was the fast I was the fastest freshman in the, in the state in twenty seventeen. Why aren't you? Yeah. Why aren't you running for? No, why aren't you running for Oregon right now? What What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> this is a it's a very long story, but uh, I got time. I got, I bet. Uh, <laughs> time. It's just, I got it's just us in the podcast <laughs> universe. I got uh, patellar tendonitis in both my knees and Ooh. I couldn't run for a summer and then <laughs> trying to catch back up to get to back where I was back in shape. I ended up getting a um, stress fracture in my shin and I mm. continued to run on it until the point where I almost needed a metal rod in my leg. Oh my and God. then after that, and then, and then after that, I kind of was never the same, but then I came back my senior year and ran like a nine forty something two mile. And just missed districts, but then I was mm. like, "All right, I'm done with running because I hate physical therapy." So, and then I just came here to Temple. Do you run at all anymore? Are you recreational? Are you running on Sunday? Uh, no, I'm not. I do not run at all anymore. Gotcha. Mm. I got I got kind of sick of it. But it's fair. Yeah. Came so I, I, he was to about to zing you. Story, I think I, he probably did mention that I ran in high school. I was going to say that, that's kind of kind of why I. John Cruck loves Johnny, how fast he is. So, you know, that's, that's oh, got to count for something. No more Kenny said you were the best runner he's ever seen. And that Ray Dunn used to drive you to practices. And that was his role on the team. Yes. <laughs> Ray, Ray Dunn's role. Ray Dunn's role for the our cross country team was to make sure I got to practice safe and on time. That was ran, his job. Ran into Ray. I, I at the Phillies game last Saturday, sent out that tweet with video of you from very far away. And then Ray said, you're at the, the game, no text. I said, first of all, this tweet took 45 minutes to send because everyone was on their phone there. <laughs> and then spent some time yeah. with Ray and his wonderful girlfriend, Lexi, and her family right before the skies opened up and then it just torrential rains. Down um, yes. So 
good story, heartwarming story. Wish it was a little bit more. Wish there was more of an arc to it. Wish there was an obstacle course. Wish they threw stuff yeah, at uh, you. Dodging well, there, hot dog we, rappers. It, we thought for sure there was a bad boy combine because you got called into work and you were like, well, I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna test us because it was right after all the the laws dropped from the MLB. Yeah. That it was like, well, if a bat boy holds up the uh holds up the pitch clock, then you know, they're gonna they're gonna get the axe. They're this they're is, out. This, this so is we're the like, stuff maybe you can't he's talk going about, in, getting right? his first base time. What's up? This is there's certain stuff you oh. can't talk about, right? Because if you talk about it, you'd have to kill us. No, that was on Twitter. Kill that us. was that was public knowledge. I know, I know that part, but like taking us inside the clubhouse, you'd have to then you'd have to just Yeah, I can't I can't talk about like specific players' experiences like right. like give like personal because like the clubhouse is like their personal space like i can't right. like there's no cameras in the club but like that's like their place to like be themselves so i can't yeah. really they can't talk about the see. rampant amphetamine use we'll talk about that uh we'll talk about that next week i however yeah. <laughs> that'll be a good episode summer special <laughs> johnny tells all but yeah <laughs> and it doesn't go the way you think it's gonna go <laughs> No, and Pat always has a two-parter. Who amongst the group is most likely to be taking taken off draft boards for failing the pre-draft interview process? Oh, you would show up late to your pre-draft interview, and that would probably drop you off a lot of boards. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, "We were supposed to talk to John DeCarlo at nine o'clock. He rolled in nine o nine. Said, oh, sorry, guys. You know, like just (laughs) that tiramisu I had two nights ago really got to me." (laughs) That would probably like you wouldn't be a patriot. Wait, wait, wait. What got to me from two nights ago? The tiramisu from two nights ago. <laughs> you wouldn't be a patriot. Any of those teams are like, no, these you guys just need to follow everything like by the bulk and like do that. Like you wouldn't be one of those teams. That takes you off half the boards right there. You're probably Will Levising it, where like there's just a photo of you like awkwardly trying to pretend that you don't see a camera in your face as your life crumbles around you. <laughs> oh. Doesn't help that there was an audio clip of him from like Kentucky Pro Day being like, yeah, I won't go to the draft if I think I'm going to fall down. I don't want to be that guy that has the camera in his face the whole time. And mm. here he is. No, is that real? Yeah, it's real. He talked about like, oh, that's my nightmare that's being in that. <laughs> it's him. Mm. Oh, no, poor Will. I'm sorry. He puts me on his coffee. Like after that, I was like, oh, so yeah. whatever happens in here happens, you know? <laughs> Mayo and coffee is very bad. If he and goes like, to the fifth round, who cares? He just wasn't that good of a college player. A lot of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I get he played with, like, on Kentucky. Like, shout out Ray Davis. But, like, you're – you weren't that good of a college player. Mm-hmm. I will say Caden is going to be the one that ends up to, in the best scenario. I think Caden will mind will mind, will mind his P's and Q's. They'll be like, look, he knocked the interview out of the the park. He really okay. we think he's a good locker room guy. Good oh, character kid. Oh, Dan Campbell fit. He's a glue guy. You know, yeah. he's a he's a Kaden. guy that's not he's willing to get in the trenches, you know? I'm Jack Kaden, your medical your medical's gonna be tough to overcome though, right? Yeah. Oh, he was two be. knees away from already being in the NFL as it is. So, yeah, 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 that's fine. I, I do enough to get sideline to sideline. So wait, remind our remind our loyal Al Scoop uh podcast listeners about your 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 knee troubles. Yeah. Um so kind of crazy story kind of going oh John, this is like a it's like a so proper <laughs> thing. Oh, injuries on the Al Scoop podcast. Not to put you on the spot. The freshman year of high school. It's okay. I can share. I feel comfortable. Caden was also the year. fastest runner in, in the state of Delaware his freshman year. Okay. Before my tournament. He had a 3 9 Before I even got hurt, I wasn't the fastest runner in Delaware. Uh, heading into freshman year, I tore my right ACL. 
going in my junior year, I tore my left ACL. Why getting my surgery for my left ACL? I had something called compartment syndrome, which yeah. is like my calf got hard as a rock and they had to stop the surgery, cut open my entire calf. I had to stay over a hop, hospital overnight. They actually gave me morphine, which was, you know, oh. an interesting experience. And then uh, I had to go back two months later and get the surgery fixed again. So I have a ton mm. of knees and injuries. I have two long scars running down from my calf almost to my ankle. And then I have two patellar tendon scars. They gave you morphine like you were at the Battle of the Bulge. They're like, you know what, just shoot this guy. <laughs> it's like a World War II surgery. Yeah. I, never, I don't remember much from that night other than I had a five-guy burger and then I was put on morphine. So, I mean. <laughs> I just remember waking up from the- what a night. Wait, 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 wait. You had the five guy burger prior to your surgery? No, no, after. I had to eat something. Okay. No, okay. So I was like, yeah. Usually you're fasting. <laughs> what kind of toppings surgery. did you put on your burger before you had more feet? I, I don't remember. I, I tell them I just remember. <laughs> <laughs> i woke up that day thinking the whole thing was done i was like yes i get to go home and then my doctor comes oh by the way you're staying overnight you have compartment syndrome i was like what the hell is that oh, that's brutal so that was uh oh. that was a fun time in my life i guess you know and just reflect on just just laugh. smell a sidebar <laughs> we have, so we have some newsworthy people on that's, the staff that's Jay's gonna make back story and johnny's story that's gonna make your nfl draft story that much more memorable i think so like yeah. the, the, yeah. the clip they show of like six round pick Caden Steele. it's gonna be you just telling that story <laughs> That's one five, heck of a video package. Five guys did not did not return our request for comment. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think I'm going to be steel similar to I had, what I think is going to happen to Tajay Spears tonight because he's got knee issues left and right. And then I, don't know, I might pull a JHI. I think you might get you know three to four good years out of me, and then it might just I I think fall apart, and I might start a, playing video games. So that's a really good comparison, I think. Yeah, JHI. I mean, I, I might be like Tiger early too. I think I have some elite athleticism in the past, but it just fall, fell apart. Johnny, you want to sling any mud on anybody who, in your opinion, is likely to be taken off draft boards for uh, failing the uh, pre-draft interview process? I don't know. I got one, but you... No. Are you you, you going to say me? No, Declan, because he's going to go to Wawa halfway through the interview. No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't go to Wawa. I would suggest that maybe we should go to Wawa. So so in in the middle of your... Let me get this straight. You're going to be sitting there in the interview, and he's going to ask you... First what, of all, what is your what is your greatest talent? And you're gonna be like, you know what? Let's take this conversation to Wawa. First of all, okay, I've had ten job interviews in my life. I have gotten rejected once, so I am a very good interview. I can. I'm a very good interview. <laughs> oh I'm a very good interview. Why did Coles reject you? It wasn't Coles. I don't feel comfortable saying who the person was that rejected me because it was Alscoop.com like the first two times. <laughs> <laughs> It was sure, it took five times to get on the podcast, okay? But I made it. I made it. All Persistence the... is key, kids. Declan Landis and his story with abusing Cole's cash. hired me, that's right. You're I like... wish. I For the longest time, Cole's and Hallmark were the two places I really wanted to work. I just never did it. Why never pulled the trigger. Because I feel like Hallmark would have been such an easy job. You know, and then Coles, I just, I love Coles. I'm very passionate about <laughs> Coles. We talked about it in class the one night, John. I just, you know, I love the fact that they can jack up prices and then say it's on sale when they're selling it for the real price. It just makes me feel better. About Look, myself. where else can you get a Bluetooth speaker and an affordable pair of slacks? All right. Like I can... <laughs> and a nice mattress as well. I mean, you're, you're living great. Coles is just versatile. It's versatile. They they they, they, they check all the boxes. It's like yeah. Walmart without the food. It's great. So that's the team you want to play for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I could fold clothes like nobody's business. You can? Absolutely. <laughs> you just go into the bin, just 
Just fold uh, them up. Just fold, fold them up. The clothes. <laughs> you Kyle, what, a, Kyle, what happens to you? Outline? What happens to Kyle in the in the pre-draft interview process? I've said before that I'm unelectable. Like if I ever decided to run for like public office, I've there's too many nefarious uh characters in my life that will all of a sudden have uh text messages or phone calls that shouldn't be out there. So I'm thinking it's also gonna apply for an NFL draft because that's if anything, a deeper dive into your past. They'll find out they'll find out that like 13 year old Kyle once took a dump on his neighbor's slide. Like things like that will come out. <laughs> Is that that's that's definitely a character that's a, question? That's a 13 year old kid. I, 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 no, I, I think that's why Kyle will fall. But I but I think it's gonna be one of those one of those situations where he falls, you know, out of the first round, mid second round. Yeah, somebody like, takes no, a flyer. We don't care about the character situations. We're gonna take the talent. I agree. I, I could see some like Stenson Bennett where you're like, oh the the guy's got some moxie, you know. <laughs> He's got some moxie. I'll say my my spreadsheet moxie. <laughs> my weakness is also my strength. I think my my gray past will also be the reason that I stick around for eight to nine years. I just <laughs> I start planning. I start planning. There's a cut line. I'm in the same position as somebody. I plant something in his locker room. Next thing you know, he's not eligible. <laughs> Another year. Well, that'll do it for this week. We've covered uh, a wide, not much football, or basketball, wide swath of topics. Covered uh, life. Yeah, appreciate all of you tuning in. All the mailbag questions. We'll be back next week as we continue to cover Temple football basketball recruiting the ever-changing world of the portal and it's tales of whatever um thanks for listening talk to you guys next week